I'm Bryony Kennedy and you're listening to the Beauty, Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. In the last 10 years of building Adorn Cosmetics, having three children and advocating for more ethical beauty standards in the beauty industry, I've become intimately aware of what it's like to wrestle with the different areas of my life. Every fortnight, I'll share the tears and triumphs that I experienced when starting my ethical conscious beauty company, dealing with depression and caring for my children. My hope is that you'll grow to know it's okay to have imperfect days, that you are not alone in feeling like a mess, and that you'll be inspired to commit to small but bold actions each and every day. Welcome back to another episode of Beauty, Business and Babies brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I'm joined by Michelle from The Peers Project, our producers, and today we are talking about moving through motherhood and maintaining your true sense of self while you do it. Oh my goodness, yes. I can't wait to dive into today's conversation. And as someone who isn't a mum, but might one day be a mum, I'm really fascinated to understand the journey. You know, it's also so important to understand how to support all of the amazing mothers in our lives. So to get us started, Bryony, I'd love to know a little bit more about the transition itself. You know, what's it like to go from just looking after yourself to looking after another little gorgeous human? Yeah, look, what was quite profound for me was how instantly you have a change in feelings. And for me, the minute I had my twin boys handed to me, there was an instant feeling of, I get it now. That's what this is all about. Now I know why my mum did this, said this, or was like this. Like you've just got this overwhelming feeling that you would scratch someone's eyeballs out for these two little parcels or one parcel or three parcels. How many parcels you get, I don't know. But whatever you get handed, you just instantly know that you are going to protect that thing with your life. And um, it's it's kind of a bit daunting, those emotions, because having obviously been uh, married and in, in a very good relationship and loving my husband as much as I do and, and did, you, you don't kind of know that you could love anything more, but you do in a different way. Uh, so for me, it was that. It was that, wow, I, ex- I just have so much respect for people who are looking after children now or have had, had this journey. Um, it's, it's just amazing. Um, so definitely that respect for my own mum became, um, I was more aware of it, I think. You just get it. Uh, I, I guess the transition for me was, it was instinctive and that's awesome. Like I think you kind of feel like, well, how am I going to know what to do? But I'm the kind of person that just does things in the moment. I'm not very good at, like I plan things, but I also like to do things spare of the moment. So I I didn't really have any expectations of what the whole birth side of it would be, which was good for me because it was never going to turn out the way I'd planned anyway, giving birth to twins. Um, But for me, I think it kind of came later. So I think I confused my expectation of myself as Briny, as someone who's got a had a career. My expectations of me around those things, and as a partner, I had that expectation as a mother. And so, 
you're given this beautiful little thing and, of course, this, the overwhelming instinct is to protect and do everything right, but then you get so caught up with trying to do everything right that you don't enjoy or you can fall into the trap of not enjoying that process as well because you're so scared of making a mistake or making a mistake that might impact this little thing that you've created. And that can be very overwhelming. So I think instinctively things take over, but then I think depending on your personality, there can be an element of your expectations around how you think you should take to motherhood. And I know with my twins being my first, uh, the un, uh, the expectation I had was very unrealistic. Um, and it was very unfair on myself, the expectations I had of me. I really just thought that I would slot these kids into my lifestyle. And yeah, of course, there'll be differences around feeding them and looking after them. But I really did think that, you know, I will still be able to go to the gym and they'll sleep when I want them to. They'll eat when I want them to. You know, they're going to play like Bonnie babes and be all happy all the time. Um, and I'm just going to have my shit together 24 seven. That's, that's cause I, I'm, I'm kind of a high achiever with everything else. Like I've, I'm pretty good at having things together. So I just assumed that's how I'd be as a mum. And so when, I wasn't like that at all and my expectations were very quickly crushed. Uh, You know, you add sleep deprivation into it and it's always about the six-week mark. The first six weeks I was thinking, oh, this little thing's awesome. It just sleeps all the time. Little did I know that I think they're still comatose for six weeks. I don't (laughs) think they actually realise they've left your womb. And so it's a bit of a falsehood there. I mean, this is not, I mean, I'm no nurse or doctor or or whatever, but for me, for everyone I know, there's that six weeks of falsehood that you, yeah, I'm good. Like the baby's good. And and also sleep deprivation hasn't quite kicked in. Um, And then around that point, you start to feel like, some kind of scaly, dehydrated, greasy-haired dragon that just can't even string two words together, let alone how am I going to look after this child today? I don't know. Like, can someone look after me because (laughs) I can't look after this human anymore? So I think what I found was that maybe for me it would have been helpful if more people spoke about uh, the the realism of what it means to be a mum rather than I I guess especially when it's your first everybody's oh it's so exciting and oh it's your first baby and and it is you get caught up with all of that excitement and then no one wants to tear you down from that by giving you a hard chat about okay it is but it's also the hardest thing you'll ever do and I, I wish someone had have done that like you get the odd comment, but it's not the same as someone sitting you down and saying, look, there will be times you actually don't want that child or children. You will want to put them in a bin. Like, don't do that, but you will want to, you know, and give them to someone else. Like, it's or put them on the curbside or, you know, like it's, you do have moments where you don't like them because you're just not yourself. You're not thinking straight. And most people are grumpy and do and say things they don't uh, mean when they're sleep deprived. So, Definitely the expectations um, were very, very unrealistic. I was very unfair on myself. Um, And, you know, I I think people need to understand that it is you, but it's, it's going to be a new way of you, a new way of life, a new way of you being, um, 
you know, doing your day-to-day things. It's, it's, you can't have change and not expect change. So I think that's key. Um, and to give yourself some damn slack because, you know, whilst a lot of it is instinctive, you will question and second guess, second guess everything. And that's, again, because you've just got those high expectations. So it's about learning to, to balance your expectations with that perfectly imperfect balance. Perfectly imperfect. And that is literally the name of what was your mama's group back in the day. I find it so fascinating. I want to talk a little bit about mourning your old self. So, you know, you said that a lot of it's instinctive. You want to protect this beautiful little creature that is yours. Mm. But, you know, can you talk to us a little bit about what it's like to go from, hey, it's just me and my partner and we're just doing life to, oh, my goodness, now I've got this creature or this beautiful yeah. thing to look after. Oh, they are creatures What's sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Feels a bit like that. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, look, I, I think that you always have moments where you, you question what would you be doing um, if, if you didn't have, children and and how easy it would be if you didn't have to do X, Y, Z. Um, but again, I think for me it's the biggest probably frustration for me was learning to live in the moment because I am such a overly anal organised person that it's probably ridiculous but that's just the way I am because I've always been someone that juggles a lot of things. I'm just wired that way. Um, I, I love being busy. I love challenges. I, I'm not someone who, like I find relaxing stressful. Yeah. If the, and, and that's a thing actually. Like I can do a little bit of relaxing but then for me, that becomes stressful in itself. I love to be just go, go, go. And so what was probably frustrating was that I couldn't be go, go, go the way I wanted to be. Yes, I was, but in a totally different way. And so I would get so overwhelmed because my nature is to be a bull in a china shop, get things done. Um, and I couldn't even plan when I was going to have a shower that week, you know. So it, it, it was really having to analyse my personality, really having some hard conversations with myself and really just learning to be more fair on myself. But also I think the importance is analysing your personality and acknowledging, okay, this is who you are and who you were, but at the moment that energy needs to be put into this because you can't be and do all things for everyone. There's always an opportunity cost for every decision you make, whether it's daily, by the minute, um, next week. And of course, you know, there's a beautiful opportunity cost when you have a child. Um, and every stage will always be different, but it's about constantly looking back at the type of person you are. What, what do you need to feel whole, but also accepting that your expectations of yourself might have to just be tapered a little bit. And I really, for me being the way I'm naturally 
designed, uh, I really had to teach myself to live in the moment and what I could control in that moment. It was something I had to do for survival because I I did get uh, postnatal depression, I had severe anxiety and I was getting really super angry. So my depression was not so much, it was crying, but it was also flip side super angry, like losing my temper to the point I was frightened of myself. So and that was just feeling overwhelmed and out of control and tired. So it's really for survival, having to learn to be in that moment. Like right now, if all you can do is feed your baby, that's the most important thing you can do right now. The washing will have to wait. The phone call will have to wait. But it's not going to wait forever. It will get done. And it's hard because in that moment you are overwhelmed, you're tired, and, well, no one's going to help me cook the dinner and no one's going to eat tonight. And, and you do. You're just so tired. But just know this is a moment in time. It's not your whole life. This, These things will change. They will get better. And it's about just sitting there and sitting with the negative and sitting with the positive of it all. At what point for you do you think that clicked? You know, was it six months in, a year, three years? You know, at what point did you realise that this wasn't going to be forever? And I guess, you know, to the amazing mums out there listening who feel overwhelmed Mm. and they just feel like everything they do just isn't adding up Mm. and isn't enough, you know, what advice would you give Look, I probably had an extreme where my postnatal depression got so bad that there was a stage where my husband um, actually, he he went to, he went, got in the car to go to work and, um, and I had such a rough night of being nothing short of being a psycho in all honesty. And um, he went out, got in his car and then I thought he was in his car for a while. And then he came back in and I said, what are you, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I can just work from home today. And he's ne- like he, he work, works in production. He can't work from home. And it just hit me in that moment that he doesn't trust me to be left alone with my own children. And, uh, you know, like it's taken me many years to be able to say that without even getting upset because that's terrible to look at someone and know that they feel that way about you. So that was kind of the lowest of lows, even though I I knew I was losing control um, of myself and my situation. But that kind of um, was the icing on the cake when I knew I needed to get some help. So there was a long journey of of getting help um, with, you know, different doctors to find the right fit, um, talking to different psychologists. um, And, you know, I guess all in all, what really helped me in the end was myself. I mean, of course, there was different people that served different purposes and enlightened me around what I was going through and that it's it's okay and, you know, you will get through it. You know, of course you have all of that and I'm, I'm to this day very um, honoured that I got the help that I did. Uh, but it all came down to myself too, really, at the end of the day. I mean, my husband was an absolutely amazing, supportive man. But you can have people saying all the right things and providing all the support and you're still not in the right headspace. So, you know, someone could have cooked all the dinners in the world and fed all the babies in the world, but I wasn't in the right headspace. So depression is a whole new, you know, that whole other uh, conversation. But for me, having that as an extreme it really came down to a survival thing for me that I had to make that hard call that 
you either this is either going to be your life or you need to do something damn well about it because this is impacting everybody now it's not just you it's your husband your kids you, you know you can't enjoy anything um and there were were honestly times where I did think as much as I didn't want to um I didn't want to die I just didn't want to exist anymore so I do understand um you know, that that thought process because I've been there myself. You just want the feelings to stop and I can see how people can maybe make rash decisions um, that they probably don't really want to do. Uh, so you just want to stop everyone's pain and your own. So for me, having those really dark moments and choosing life over existence uh, forced me to every day and, and every day, like really to the point now, even to this very day, there's moments I have to have to practice being in the moment. And I know you and I talk about this a lot, but I, and I I just can't emphasize enough how it's been a long, long journey for me to learn to do it. Um, And I still have to pull myself back when I, because by nature, I am a hundred miles an hour and I'm constantly thinking of the future and what, what if, and how can we do this? So I have to, by nature, pull myself back. And, you know, as a mum, uh, I just think that is the key to your, uh, to yourself and, and, and keeping yourself, keeping your identity, keeping your sanity, keeping, um, your, your husband's and your relationship together. And also, of course, making your children happy because they get your vibe, don't they? So it's about just constantly, okay, right now, this is shit. I freaking hate this moment right now. I hate my child right now. Rather than feeling resentful that, oh, my God, I hate my kid. I'm horrible. Oh, geez, I I need help. And who am I? I shouldn't be a mum. And then then all this guilt builds up. Accept it. Go, okay, I actually do hate my kid right now. That's pretty bad. Um, But I know I'll like him in another hour or two. So I think if you sit with every feeling you have, accept the feeling and don't question it, then you won't get the guilt that then comes behind it because the guilt is what will eat you up and then you will start just existing and not living because guilt, you know, if you have guilt, uh, you know, you're constantly questioning everything and that is not a way to live. It can be so easy to live that way though, Mm. you know. I think as we progress and even if we feel like we are getting better and we are juggling things a bit better than the early days, I think still we can just second guess ourselves. And I think that comes down to the self-doubt and Mm. comparison also. Mm. You know, for you, what was that journey like, the self-comparison with other mums that you might meet out? And I mean, today we're also dealing with social media and seeing this performative way of being a mum or being a parent. You know, what was that like for you? And even today, you know, that comparison piece and what advice would you give to us as we kind of navigate through this? Mm. Look, I I think it's pretty simple. If something makes you feel shit, don't do it and don't watch it. It's as simple as that. Like I, you know, you just got to turn these things off and realistically no one's going to show, well, unless there's a purpose for it, that you're very rarely going to see someone's baby screaming and someone's eyeballs hanging out their head they're only showing you the good bits and and we that's that's how it is so it's getting very clear that you understand what you're seeing is the best of someone's situation which maybe 10 20 I don't know maybe they're lucky maybe it's half the time that they're like that but ultimately you make your own happiness and you define that so not everybody defines happiness 
by having a child in the latest designer clothes and cute, I don't know, Gucci headbands. That's not happy. Happiness for some is just wearing a nappy and running around outside under a sprinkler. So I think you just have to get very clear on what makes you happy rather than what you feel like you have to do to be seen to be happy. Um, and then that's okay. Like I think we've gotten so caught up with what everybody else is doing that you're forgetting what is it that I like. Like, you know, it's that whole thing around even careers and success. Like what even is that? I mean, there's no real definition of it. It's what your definition is. And for me, if your definition of happiness and success is running a tight household and, and it's ni- ne- nice, neat and tidy and you've got well-cleaned, mannered kids, awesome. Or if you don't care and you've got grotty, snotty kids and you're happy, that's your level of success. So, again, it always comes back to your level of respect for yourself and your level of respect of your own beliefs. And you just have to get damn clear on those and so strong th- about them that you you don't really look at other people that way. You say, oh, that's 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 good. That's your life. That's that's awesome. But it's not mine. Like you, I can look at other people and love, respect, and value what life they're living. But it's not for me. And I think that's what people need to do. I mean, how boring if we were all the same anyway. Um, look, when I had my boys, I didn't really have much in the way of social media. It wasn't really a thing. With my youngest, Grayson, it was more so. I think it was more probably the, um, what is it, the baby groups, the mm. mums groups. I forgot what they're called. Mothers um, groups. Mothers groups, that's oh. it. Yeah, look, I mean... <laughs> A couple of them I, I had some good friendships with, but to be honest, yeah, I think because every it, it felt like a bit of a competition of how many people were cooking everything organically and natural and, and whose babies did what milestones and, um, you know, and I'm thinking, Christ, I've got two babies. I'm just happy if I get a shower today, like honestly. Uh, so I think, again, it's just it's not a bloody competition, life in general. It doesn't matter if it's a baby, motherhood, career, um, schooling. It's not a bloody competition. Set your own parameters of what you think is successful or what you think defines happiness and they're the parameters you have to live by. It doesn't matter if someone else cooks homemade vegan nuggets, chicken nugget, whatever. Like, you know, if you're like, I always laugh. I'm the mum that buys the stuff. Like I don't cook it. I've got time for it. And I'm, I'm, I laugh about it. It's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make excuses for it. I am not going to feel bad about it because I don't care about it. It's honestly, I've gotten so comfortable with my truth around what I'm prepared to do and what I'm not prepared to do and where I want to spend my time that I just don't, care about that stuff. Um, I just want my kids to be happy and also I just think if you are setting up this level of perfectionism of yourself, what on earth are you doing to your poor child? Like if your child, and, and it's monkey see, monkey do, it's not what you say, it's what you do. So if they're seeing you running yourself ragged, trying to keep up with the Joneses, wearing all the latest, greatest, you know, cooking all day long and then, I don't know, doing 10 sessions of Pilates and then you're like, whatever, you're running yourself ragged. That's the expectation you're setting for your child, that they can never be bored. They've always got to be entertained. They've always got to be perfect. They've got to have their shit together 24-7. That's a whole lot of mental health there that you're 
putting, and you don't even realise it, but but it is. Um, so for me, it's not only for your own survival, but I think it's for your own children's mental health that they see you cock up sometimes and you just be realistic about it and transparent about it. Again, set your boundaries for what you're prepared to do, what you're not prepared to do, get very clear on what your level of success and happiness is. And then honestly, when you're really genuinely honest with yourself, you won't matter. it won't matter what you see or hear about other people. I love that. And I just, I'm letting that sink in for me. And I think, you know, the amazing mothers out there listening, hopefully that's sinking in for you. I just think, especially today with social media and everything that's happening and this idea of success and what that means in every area of life, like you said, not just motherhood, but also other areas, I think, you know, we call it the relentless noise Hmm. that you hear. And people forget you've just had a child or children, and they've got a personality, you know, and one that might be nothing like yours. Mm. So as much as you might want to have a certain way of life or a way of, you know, your your day, how it carries out, you might have a very different personality in another human being that's, I'm not going to have it that way. Um, You know, so you might be, you know, loggerheads with your kids as they grow up. So it's really broadening your, your thought process around all of those things. I love that you mentioned the different personalities. And I remember uh, way back when, when we recorded some of the early episodes about the boys, the twins, and you were saying they've just got like, you know, completely different personalities. How have you, I guess, navigated through that? And I guess, how can we make our children and our babies feel secure in themselves Mm. when they're trying to still figure out how they fit in and how they show up in the world. Yeah. Look, that's always a a real tough one, isn't it? Because it does, you know, some people are naturally more resilient than others and that could be based on personality. It could maybe also be based on their environment and and the opportunities they've been given to be resilient. Um, I've always been a very transparent parent. Transparent? There you go play on words. Um, Simply, and so is my husband. I mean, I think we've always been lucky because we're on the same page. We've also both been very open and honest with our children, age appropriate, but we let them see things as they are. So I don't hide anything from them. And I just hope that because of that, they become more resilient Um, because again, they are all very different personalities. There's different things that get each of them excited and upset each of them differently. But for me, even when they were little, it was always being honest with them. I wouldn't say that I was an attached parent, but it was definitely, okay, well, if you want that, that's okay. I'll buy you that. And then they'd pick up something else. And I'm like, okay, well, you can have one thing. What's the choice? So it's always letting them feel part of the choice part of what's going on in the family dynamic, um, showing them bills, like, you know, how you use that phone or whatever it is. So that's $200. I don't know what phone bills are anymore, but $200. So I have to go to, I put it into terms that they understand. So I'd say, well, I have to go to work for a whole day. You won't see me for one day if you want that phone bill or you want that Xbox or whatever it is. So they understand. And if I'm having a bad day, I I would tell them why age appropriate. Um, If I was upset, I didn't necessarily always hide it. Like I just let them know. So for me, um, I don't feel that 
I had to protect them from things. I think for me it was really about, you know, you are in this family and I think that if I protect you too much from what goes on, what are you going to be like when you're out in the world and people don't care about you? Because ultimately you're in a safe place here, but if I'm hiding all of this stuff to protect you, am I really protecting you or am I just making it harder for you to adjust when, you know, you're released into the wild? So, you know, for me that's really where I've tried to build that resilience by them um, hearing and seeing things that I go through or my husband goes through. So even if I had an issue with work or something hasn't worked out or um, maybe I've had to let a staff member go or I tell them about it and explain it and explain why. So th- these things aren't new to them when they do enter the workforce themselves. Um, you know, maybe why I've had an argument with a, well, not an argument, but a disagreement with a friend, what what it was over, how it could have be dealt with differently. Um you know, and I, and I just set the expectations of what they might be confronted with. I'm, I don't hide things from them. Like my one of my recent conversations with them is, um, you know, look, as you get older, you will, uh, uh, unfortunately, you'll be offered drugs. Like I'm not going to, let's, let's, you will, it's just going to happen. Um, so I just want you to be prepared for it. And you may get into a car, someone's speeding. Here's things you could say to get out the car. Like, you know, don't frighten them, but just give them the tools to understand that these, there's, not everybody thinks the way we do. Not everybody cares about us, um, but you need to care about yourself enough that you know these triggers and these warnings so you can take a step back and, and, and just help these kids to be a little bit more resilient. Um, so, you know, navigating that, you know, I think different personalities, I think the only time that really comes into play for me is when I know I need to incentivize uh, the, <laughs> the, the kids. Um, <laughs> and I know, you know, certain things get one excited over, like, you know, one of my boys, I don't know who he's from because he doesn't like chocolate. Like <gasps> who on earth no. is he? I, I, if Stop. I hadn't have given birth to him and seen him come out, I would wonder whose <laughs> his is because I love chocolate. <laughs> love it. He just, yeah, he just not interested interested in it, you know. Um, so very, very different personalities. So it all comes down to, you know, how you deal with them. And like my youngest boy's recently been um, diagnosed with um, autism, a language delay. Um, he's also got ADHD. And, um, you know, to see him, you wouldn't notice these things. And in a way, it's where it probably makes it harder because people don't understand why he is the way he is. And of course, you know, I've had to learn to adapt my parenting um, to, you know, different. It's 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 got to be different to that of how I um, and my husband parented my oldest boys because there's certain things that they understood um, a lot quicker than, say, my youngest one does. So you do have to change the way you are um, or, the, or the way or the way you, you uh, communicate things is probably the way I would say that, yeah. Oh, my goodness, but how beautiful is your youngest? Yeah, I just have to say the yeah. amount of, oh, I just, he's delicious. so many my photos on social bar media. Kid, he's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. No, I... I love that and I just think this is all just so valuable that we don't, you know, we don't talk about it enough mm. and I think, yeah, I'm definitely taking, making Perfectly some Perfectly imperfect notes. love. That's what perfectly it's all about. Perfect. Like who are we to think we can be perfect? Oh. Like sometimes I think to myself when I get caught up in that perfectionism because it's just the way I am with things, like I like to get shit done, it's not about necessarily being perfect, but mm. I say to myself, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to be perfect? Like, what, what, do you think you're better than everyone else? Like, honestly, pull your head in and it's okay 
to stuff up. It's okay that this hasn't gone right. It's okay that your kids are giving you the shits. It's okay. Like, honestly, so I kind of get a bit, um, a bit, I probably tick myself off a a lot with that because you have to. It's like pull your head in, like honestly. You know, we're all just doing our bloody best. Good enough is enough. Ah, good enough is enough. Mm. Yes, yes. So I want to dive a bit deeper into owning your way of parenting or owning the Mm. way you're doing things. I mean, you speak a lot about, Brian, kind of listening to yourself and just, you know, yes, take on board whatever others are saying, but also just at the end of the day, it's up to you. You know, how can we get better at tuning into ourselves and our intuition and how we actually want to parent or want to go about this as opposed to getting kind of caught up in the noise? Mm. Yeah, there's a level of confidence in that, isn't Mm. there? Um, And I, I totally get how your confidence can totally be squashed when you fear, um, stuffing up the most important thing in your life and and to some that you know that's that's super super important so I get that um but I do feel that it's again you've just got to get it to come back to um that point where you are confident enough to make the mistakes as well and accept that you will make them I, I I really you know I've heard so many different styles of parenting and, you know, interestingly enough, watching that parenting show on TV at the moment, yeah. wow, there's some interesting styles there. Um, but but ultimately, you know, if it works for you and for your child, um, if you're having to constantly make excuses around the way you do things, like maybe question the circle of friendships you've got. Um, because I feel that for me, one thing that I have committed to is is accepting and understanding that I can like someone but not like everything about them and I expect that in return. So I can have respect and like someone and actually enjoy their company but I know there's certain aspects of maybe their personality that I don't enjoy. But I don't write that whole person off. Um, so I expect that in return. So if, if someone was constantly questioning everything I was doing and I hadn't even asked, you know, I, I would, my initial feeling now, back then I probably would have questioned what I was doing and felt like, oh, okay, because I, I lacked the confidence. But I committed to the confidence and I committed to things going wrong. So then I started to think, wow, you're questioning and, and you're chastising the way I do things. Mm, I actually feel sorry for you. You must be feeling inadequate and and things aren't completely going well for you. So you're feeling like you've got to, you know, put that onto me. And so because often people that do that and, you know, that that do offer, you know, advice and and are really forceful about it, there's usually something that they're upset about themselves um, and it's a reflection of them. It's not a reflection of you. You know, you've just got to be confident enough that the decisions you've made are for the right ones. Um, Like I co-slept and and my goodness, um, no one do that if you do your own bloody research and all of that. Um, But I I co-slept and I'm not suggesting that that's the right thing to do but for me it was and and it it was okay for me um and you know obviously it was after a certain age gap um 
but that was something that felt right for me and, and you know, but there's a lot of people that when they found that out, they're like, that is so dangerous, it's risky and, and I appreciate that. I'm not saying that it's not. I've probably opened up a real can of worms here. Um, I don't want to lecture about it. My child's seven and he's all fine. But I know that for some people that's not fine and, and that's okay but for me I was okay with that. I'd weighed up the risks and, um, you know, and I, I was okay with it. So I think you, that's where you've got to be really like even a real contentious subject like that. You've just got to still be really comfortable comfortable with your decision, know all the facts from actual experts um, rather than people who just have opinions. So, um, yeah, it all just comes down to finding that confidence in yourself and, you know what, surrounding yourself in uh, with people that that maybe think the same. There's so, like, so lucky now. There's so many, like, yeah, social media can be an ass, but there's so many good su- support groups and communities that you can find. You can type in anything, like baby wearing. <laughs> I mean, and then and that's a thing, people who like carrying their babies everywhere. So you could just, so su- you could, like, yes, you could, <laughs> only when they're sleeping, yeah. but you could jo- join anything now and so, you know, you're much more open to where, you know, probably when I was, when I had my boys, you had to rely on a neighbour saying hello. That was about all you got. I love the vulnerability piece. And we always love that about you, Bryony. I think, you know, especially when it comes to these tough subjects, parenting, motherhood, Mm. what would be your advice to those of us who are a bit nervous to get vulnerable when yeah. it comes to these subjects, I mean, they're touchy, as you said, your child is like the most important thing, your family, whatever it may be for you. But I think there is so much power in that. What would be your advice to us on that? And how can we get better at being vulnerable? So that all comes down to judgment. Mm. You're concerned about being judged. And so for me, that's ultimately what you're concerned about. It's not really what it's not the thing you've been judged about. It's the fact that you're being judged. And I, and for me, again, it's about getting very clear on um, your boundaries, your happiness, and your levels of what mean what it means to be successful as a parent. Um, and when you're really, really clear on that, when someone does judge you, like I had in the past about co-sleeping, you're like, I get that. I get your concern, and you can genuinely not like initially when I was first a mum, I'd, I'd get my back up and I'd be all defensive and I'm like, who, who are you? Like, you mind your business? Where now or then I, I, I got to a point where I could say, look, I get that and thank you for your concern. I really um, didn't ask for it. But, <laughs> you know, but I, could, but I could genuinely not be upset by it. I could actually like, oh, thank you, I appreciate your concern, but I'm, I'm actually really cool with my decision and that would be it. <laughs> Like, don't fucking talk about it anymore, you know. And that's the thing. It's, again, it's getting really clear on what you're content and happy with and you've done all your own research and you're happy with that, then expect criticism because that's what people, there's always going to be people that do that. Um, but you are so clear on it that you expect it and, and you can just embrace it and go, that's cool. I get, I get where you're coming from and that probably works for you, but I'm pretty cool with my decisions on this. Um and that's that. Just like, just you've got to stop worrying about being judged because we all judge people to some degree, you know. Like, I mean, I'd love to think I'm not judgmental, but there's an odd time. I don't know, I'm sitting at chatty, I'm having a coffee, and I see someone, I think, oh, whatever, based on the way they look. And then I have to pull myself back and think, you're in, like, no. They're probably the nicest person, you know what I mean? But but it's an instant thing that we 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 tend to have a a judgment of someone by the way they act, talk, what they wear, you know, and, and, and that's just not the right way to, to go about things. So just expect the judgment, but don't take it on. Love it. 
Oh, Bryony, this has been so, so interesting. And I've loved deep diving into this topic with you. If you were to leave our amazing mums listening with one kind of final piece of advice when it comes to motherhood and being a parent and parenting, what would that be? I I love the good enough is enough. And Mm. for me, if you take that on, your children will see that and then they will take on life themselves that as long as they've given something a go and they've done their best at it, that is enough. If you are setting the bar of perfectionism, then you're really setting yourself up for failure anyway and also putting an immense amount of pressure on your children. So my motto is, Bryony, you've done your best. Good enough is enough. Good enough is enough. I love it. Oh, Bryony, it's been so fun as always. Thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge and your wisdom on this topic with us. I'm sure we've all gained a lot of value from it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Beauty, Business and Babies podcast brought to you by Adorn Cosmetics. I hope there was something in today's episode that you found relatable and made you feel less alone. As women, we're all struggling with something on the inside, but we're often too afraid to ask for help. If there was something in this episode that you think might help another woman you know, please share it with them and let me know by screenshotting this episode and tagging me on social media at Bryony A. Kennedy and at Adorn Cosmetics. If you love what Adorn Cosmetics stands for, subscribe to this podcast right now and head to adorncosmetics.com.au to become an adorner and receive special offers on all things adorn. Thank you once again for listening and being part of my journey. I'll see you next time.